Hey there, folks, and we welcome you back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. I'm CBS 21 meteorologist Steve Knight, and here we are uh, right in the early part of August. And uh, as we talked about last week on the podcast, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, certainly a heat wave. Uh, we have been very, very warm, uh, as always, this podcast dropping on your Friday, uh, in this case, uh, Friday, August the 5th. And uh, yesterday, officially 95 degrees and significant because that also marked the 20th day of this year that we had a high temperature of 90 degrees plus. And in an average year, we do it 20 times. So we've reached our average threshold for the year already and uh, only going to add to that number. Uh, we're going to come in above average in terms of 90 plus degree days, a uh, very good chance that each day this weekend will come in right around 90 degrees. Again, you know, as I always say on the podcast, it comes down to one thermometer, the thermometer at uh, HIA. And uh, so we shall see, but uh, without question, we're going to add at least a couple more here over the course of the weekend and into early next week. And then finally, middle of next week, We've got some temperatures that are going to ease back a little bit. We're going to get it back down into the mid-80s just in time to uh, transition uh, into mid-August. Uh, we are going to take uh, some of the uh, viewer questions here this week. Uh, I always enjoy occasionally reaching into the mailbag, so we're going to do that. Uh, but just a quick review of the week that was obviously a very hot week, and uh, it got a little active. Had some showers very early on Monday morning. Then we were dry, give or take, for the rest of the week, save for like a stray shower. And then Thursday during the late afternoon, very hit or miss. And I just think this is a great example to pass along to you guys in terms of what we mean when we talk about scattered thunderstorms or hit or miss thunderstorms. So, for example, uh, in Lancaster County, specifically southern Lancaster County, not real far south, though, like just south of Route 30, an inch and a half of rain yesterday as not only did they have some thunderstorms, but uh, the frontal boundary kind of stalled out uh, moving to the east. And actually the Phillies game, they had a two-hour rain delay, and then eventually they just called the game. They got rained out after the initial wave of storms went through. Meanwhile, northwest Lancaster County, I'm talking about places that are five miles from areas that saw an inch and a half of rain. Nothing. Absolutely dry. And we had a similar scenario uh, in the Harrisburg region. Uh, there were some heavy downpours downtown Harrisburg. Uh, there were heavy downpours on the West Shore. As we all know, HIA is just a little bit south of actual downtown Harrisburg. And uh, I know at my house in New Cumberland, we had a heck of a downpour. I mean, it poured. It, it didn't rain for a long time, but 10, 15 minutes, high winds. And then we had the heavy rain. Uh, meanwhile, at HIA, uh, barely more than a trace of rain. So that's when it gets kind of frustrating. We start talking about rainfall totals and what it means for the season. And then when you look at HIA, you go, well, look, a lot of spots yesterday had at least a half an inch of rain, if not more. But officially at HIA, it only goes down as a trace of rain, which will kind of add to the idea that, you know, it's been a little too dry. But uh, the good news is that for most spots, they did get some beneficial rain yesterday, and that was certainly some good news. As I mentioned, looking forward into next week, I do see a cool down coming. In fact, by the middle of next week, Wednesday, Thursday-ish, uh, even by Thursday of next week, I, we could have a couple of days where our high temperature is around 82, 83 degrees. So that'll be feeling pretty nice. So hang in there, folks. There is a light coming at the end of uh, the tunnel. 
All right. I think you guys all know that we're all, you know, real active on social media, myself, Ed, Tom. And, you know, what normally happens in the course of uh, doing our live weathers on Facebook or uh, posting some of our weather graphics that we post on our various social media platforms, invariably we get questions. Uh, people will comment, they will ask questions. And uh, occasionally, you know, when I, I see one that I think, hmm, you know, that could actually work for the podcast, um, I'll scribble it down. So I actually keep like a, little piece of note paper, uh, always kind of handy in the top drawer of my desk with a couple of different questions. And when they get kind of timely, and I've had some real timely ones here in the last couple of weeks, I always say, you know what, it's probably time that we quote unquote, reach into the mailbag slash social media questions. Um, because you know, it's rare that we get actual letters anymore. When I started in this business, uh, 30 years ago, that was a thing. You know, people would send you letters. They would literally send you a letter and say, I don't like your tie <laughs> or, you know, don't wear red. It's not your color or whatever, you know, um, or, or occasionally you'd get the nice card or even like a Christmas card from, uh, from a viewer. But, uh, people for the most part do not send us snail mail anymore. I might get one, maybe two, uh, viewer snail mails a year anymore. Most of it obviously is done via email or done. Uh, people who just obviously reach directly out to me uh, via Facebook Messenger or Twitter, uh, even Instagram. And uh, I'm always uh, willing and able to uh, answer those questions. But I thought we'd actually share some of the questions that I've gotten. And it's been a while since we did a quote unquote mailbag podcast. So I thought that's what we do here this week. So uh, we've got some good questions here. And uh, remember, if you ever want to be included, you know, in the mailbag, uh, shoot me an email, uh, send me a direct message, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on all three. You can find me. Just search Steve Knight and uh, just say, hey, you know, here's a question for the podcast and uh, I'll save it and uh, we'll eventually get to it. But we're going to start with a question I got from Rick in New Freedom. He asked me, it's been dry, but are we in a drought? And I'm pretty sure this was a, a Facebook question that I got when I was posting something about rainfall amounts. And so basically Rick wants to know, yeah, it's been dry, but you know, are we quote unquote in a drought here in central Pennsylvania? And uh, the short answer is no, uh, we are not in a drought here. We do not have any kind of water restrictions. Um, I think we're probably, uh, especially with some of the rain in the forecast here for the remainder of the weekend and into next week, we're probably a long ways off from getting to a point where we'd be talking about water restrictions or or even a voluntary 5% water reduction. That's usually kind of the first step is that, uh, you know, state officials will come out and basically say, hey, we, we need everybody, if you can, to cut back on their water usage. Just be mindful of the fact if everybody just cut back like 5%. Uh, that would really, really help. Obviously, there are other parts of the country where there are hard and fast, big-time water restrictions. And water and water rights, uh, for those that uh, aren't familiar, I mean, it is becoming a major, major issue out West. Uh, not just water, water restrictions, mandatory water restrictions, but also water rights uh, in between communities. Uh, there are a lot of community battles that are going on out West about, you know, water rights that date back over a hundred years and how water from one community has to be piped to another. Meanwhile, that community that has the water needs it for their own uh, residents. So it is a massive issue out West. Um, but here, you know, look, you know, we get a little bit dry in the short term. And I'm not saying it's not an issue. And I'm not saying farmers haven't had at times, you know, a little bit of a tough go of it here um, this season. But, 
you know, by and large, if you go outside, you know, things are green. Uh, you go out West, everything is Brown. Uh, there are issues out there obviously with the cattle ranchers because, uh, everything is so dried up that cattle don't have, they don't even have the grass to graze. Um, and that's an ongoing issue that could become worse as uh, time goes on. So, um, you know, like I said, the short answer is no, we are not in a drought. Um, we're at a point though, where anytime we get rain, I, I refer to it as beneficial rain for the year officially where our records are kept at HIA. We are still running a rainfall surplus, believe it or not, uh, that stands at about a half an inch. So give or take, we're about where we should be rainfall wise for the year. We had a very wet spring. I think, uh, you know, folks tend to kind of live in the here and now. You may recall we had over six inches of rain in May alone, and we had uh, one weekend in particular uh, in May that it were it was around fifty degrees. It rained all weekend. You could see your breath, and uh, the weather story at that point in time is, oh my God, you know, when's spring going to get here? We're now into May, not April, May, and you know we've uh, got a high of fifty-two degrees, and it's cloudy, gray, damp. Uh, so May was very, very good to us, and uh, at least in terms of rainfall. So that was a good thing because that's kind of helped sustain us here uh, through the summer. Through the summer, officially, we are running a rainfall deficit that stands at uh, about two inches uh, since June 1st. But look, there are other areas, especially areas south of Route 30, that are perfectly fine in terms of rainfall, uh, where they've gotten several bouts of rain. The Mid-Atlantic has been very busy with rainfall, and some of that has made it north of the Mason-Dixon line, not as far north as Harrisburg, but you know there are a lot of spots that are doing just fine overall in uh, terms of rainfall. All right, so I was uh, talking. This actually, this this question actually does not come from social media. This one actually came from uh, a personal friend of mine, <laughs> but he asked me a really good question. We were just we were just talking, uh, you know knocking it around a little bit and weather came up and we got to talking about the Kentucky flooding. And, uh, this is my buddy, Dan, uh, from new Cumberland. And, uh, he basically said, Hey, you know, when you see something like that, that happened in Kentucky and the death toll now is in the thirties and will continue to rise as there are still people that are missing. Could that happen here in central Pennsylvania was the question. And the, in again, the short answer is yes. Um, Parts of Kentucky had uh, 12 inches of rain in like 10 hours. You may recall uh, the great flood of 2011. Uh, there was a strip right through very close to Hershey, and we had really bad flooding initially uh, along the Swatera Creek. Uh, there was an area there that had 11 inches of rain. Um, what happens is you get these storms, and they do what we call training. And that basically means they just kind of set up shop over one specific area and they just wring themselves out and you get torrential rainfall. And uh, look, it, 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 this is obviously that time of year when that sort of thing would happen. Um, it just so happened, unfortunately, that that frontal boundary was positioned right over Eastern Kentucky. It brought the flooding into St. Louis earlier in the week. And then it really just once, once again, just brought torrential rain. Uh, with the humidity right over top of communities in eastern Kentucky, ill-prepared to deal with it. And I have to say, here where we live, um, we've got a lot of low-lying areas. Remember, we are in a valley, and everything here drains to the Susquehanna. So a scenario like what happened in eastern Kentucky could definitely happen here. And you could make the argument that that's kind of what happened uh, back in 2011. 
um, when we had a system that was, you know, not a quote unquote tropical system. It was the remnants of Tropical Storm Lee. Um, but that was what kind of, you know, was the driving force behind that really, really heavy rain. And obviously we all know that led to big time flooding. Uh, I believe the fifth highest crest ever on the Susquehanna. And I think we all know what, what happens here is a lot of times you get the real heavy rain and it could even be upstream from us here in central Pennsylvania. And it all is drained in one spot to the Susquehanna and then eventually down to the Chesapeake Bay. And uh, so, you know, that scenario, unfortunately, could happen here uh, in central Pennsylvania. And you would just hope that it wouldn't happen in a rural area like what they had in eastern Kentucky, where the only way to get people out was to airlift them. But, you know, I, I could see a scenario where, um, you know, there was a, a training area of of rain that rings itself out through Mifflin and Juniata counties. And uh, there is a similar scenario. So, um, you know, one of the questions I always ask people when I go out and do weather talks, I always say, you know, of, of all the weather disasters, hurricanes, you know, tornadoes, you know, thunderstorms, lightning, what do you think kills more people every year across this planet? And it, the answer is flooding. Uh, flooding is the most deadly form of weather. And unfortunately, uh, that did rear its ugly, ugly head uh, in uh, eastern Kentucky last week. All right, moving on. Let's see. This one comes from Kim uh, in York. This was another Facebook uh, comment just when I was uh, putting up posts this week about the high heat, the high humidity, and heat advisories, and a heat index getting up over 100. This wasn't even, well, it's kind of a question. It was more of a statement, but she basically just said, Ugh, you know, I'm looking forward to hoodie weather, football games. You know, when can we expect it to actually get cooler? And uh, that question, courtesy of Kim, who was uh, chiming in out of uh, York County. And, well, the answer, Kim, is let's talk a little bit about this August because, you know, it certainly has been a very warm start to the month. Uh, we have been well above average. Here we sit the fifth day of August. Uh, August 1st was obviously on Monday. It's going to stay warm for us uh, into early next week. I mentioned earlier in the podcast just about how, you know, middle of next week is looking like it's going to be cooler and in some ways, you know, significantly cooler uh, for us by the by the middle of next week. And, um, you know, I, I have looked down the road a little bit here. I think that once we get out of this current heat wave, uh, we are going to go into a prolonged period through mid-August where our temperatures are going to be much more seasonable. And what I mean by that is once we get into mid-August, our average high temperature, give or take, is like, you know, 82 to, to 85. I think we're going to have a lot of days where we're going to be in the 80s, mid-80s, um, you know, not as many days at all where we see those temperatures spike uh, into the 90s. And I, I really do kind of see that uh, carrying over and carrying through into the second half of the month of uh, August where we see a lot of days where that high temperature mid to upper eighties. In fact, you know, I would never completely just throw this out there and say, you know, once we get done with the 90 degree readings early next week, no more nineties for the, until the end of August. I don't think that's the scenario. Uh, but I do think there's a chance that we could actually get all the way until the end of the month uh, where we do not see another 90 degree reading. All the trends I'm looking at are very 80s-ish, very 80s centric. Now, you know, to you got to consider this though, to actually answer Kim's question. You know, she's saying she's looking forward to, you know, wearing a hoodie and football weather and 
you know, that's not in the cards anytime soon. And I think we all realize that, you know, September can be an extremely warm month for us. Uh, those early high school football games, a lot of times are played under high heat, high humidity. Uh, for those that are Penn State fans, um, I remember even last year, the whiteout game. It was perfect for the game itself, uh, which, of course, didn't kick off until around sunset. Um, but during the afternoon, I mean, it was mid to upper 80s. I mean, we were sweating doing, doing the tailgate thing. And I want to say that game, you know, give or take, was around September 16th, September 5th. It was mid-September. Um, so at least in terms of consistently getting into hoodie weather and cooler air, that will likely hold off until the back half of September and into early October. Look, there are some folks that are happy about that. Um, if you have a pool, uh, you're happy about that idea. You know, that the, the idea that the seasons uh, can be a little extended around here and we can have pool days all the way into uh, early October. But um, if I had to handicap it right now, I would say probably, at least in terms of hoodie weather and, you know, outdoor bonfires where you actually need to sit by the fire. Um, that's probably a back half of September thing. Uh, you know, when our high temperatures maybe start to come in upper sixties, low seventies, and we start to have a few of those nights where we drop down into the low fifties and it feels really good to hang out around the bonfire and make some s'mores. And you really have that nice fall crisp air, uh, in, in, and get that real good fall feel going. So that's more likely a late September, early October thing. And that's even as I'm looking at the long-term trends. I think back half of September, we're going to see several days, upper 70s to around 80 degrees, if not low 80s. And until we consistently get to where our high temperatures are in the 60s, we're likely looking at uh, October. October is always a big transition month for us. And Halloween is always a crapshoot around here. There are some years where, you know, it's uh, kids go out and, you know, it's uh, 60 degrees out. It's not a big deal or mid 60s and they can go out in their costumes. And then there's other years where it's, uh, you know, 48 degrees and it's windy. And uh, the kids, you know, unfortunately need to try to wear a jacket over top of uh, their costumes. Uh, we'll get to the last question here. And this one came to me from Nancy in Enola. Oh, this was another um, Facebook remark that I got where she was asking me, um, talking about this week and, and another heat wave. And this heat wave, of course, was hot on the heels of the heat wave that we had um, in mid to late July. Um, so, yeah, the last month, if you look at look up just the last, well, the last three weeks, last three weeks have been the hottest period of the year so far. So she said, does a hot summer mean we can expect a mild winter? Aha. Yes. We always get that question this time of year. Uh, anytime we start to get into, you know, late summer or later summer, as we are now, uh, a lot of people start thinking about, oh, you know, what does this mean for the winter? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, do these warm temperatures mean that, you know, you know, once we get into the, the dead of winter, that uh, it'll be a milder winter? Um, the short answer is no. Uh, one does not necessarily have to do with the other. In other words, if we have an above average summer temperature wise, that does not automatically mean that it is going to remain that way and stay above average for the winter months. However, what I would say is if you go back over the last even four to five years here in central Pennsylvania, seven out of every 10 months, or I guess another way of putting it is eight out of 12. We'll look at it from the standpoint of a year, eight or even eight and a half, 8.5 out of 12 months out of the year have been above average 
in terms of temperature. Uh, this warming trend that we have noticed uh, has been the real deal here over the last five years or so. And that's obviously the case globally, and that has been the case here in central Pennsylvania. No doubt we have been trending warmer uh, over the last several years. And, you know, last winter, uh, not that bad of a winter. Certainly had some cold snaps, at least in terms of overall snow. We came in below average in terms of snow. So what I would always tell people is, yeah, you know, there's always going to be that long-range forecast. And there are things that we can look at that help us make that long-range forecast. And it's kind of like reading the tea leaves and trying to see what it's going to be like, you know, in terms of our climate, uh, you know, five, six months down the road. It's very difficult to do. You have to paint in very broad strokes. Um, but what I always tell people is it's going to do what it is going to do. And the idea that you can predict now what's going to be happening six months from now is basically tomfoolery. I can put together a theory based on a few different things, ocean patterns, that type of thing, uh, what we call positive and negative phases. Um, but in terms of really drilling that down and, you know, like people try to, you know, always say to me, oh, the farmer's almanac, you know, the farmer's almanac while entertaining. And I do read it myself is just utter, utter, BS <laughs> for lack of a better term. It just is. They paint in extremely broad strokes. They, they you know, January, it's going to be a colder week or it's going to be maybe some snow or, you know, they don't give you like a daily forecast that says it's going to start snowing at two o'clock in the afternoon and not taper off until 11 o'clock tonight. You can expect three to six inches of snow. Um, they paint in extremely broad strokes. It's fun to read. It's weather folklore, but it's just exactly that weather folklore. So any of the long-range forecasts that you see, up to and including our own long-range forecast, um, you know, we just basically give our best guesstimate. But in terms of, you know, when we release our, and we'll do it in November, when we release our winter forecast, um, we will have trends. We will predict temperature trends for the winter. We will predict snowfall amounts for the winter based on, you know, the different data that we're seeing. But to be quite honest with you, um, you know, a lot of that just isn't unreliable until you're in the actual here and now. But what I would say is I personally see no reason to think that generally speaking above average temperatures, which could obviously equate to below average snowfall will continue here over the course of this winter. We would have to get into a trend where we strung together four or five months of below average temperatures where I would start to say, okay. You know, we have really seen the pattern flip, but the reality of the situation is more than half, like I said, give or take eight and a half out of 12 last 12 months over the last five years have been up above average. And I don't see any reason for that uh, to dramatically change anytime soon. So always fun to catch up on the mailbag and answer some of your uh, weather questions again this weekend. For those of you tuning in here over the course of the weekend, we certainly appreciate all of you that tune in uh, to our weather podcast here. Lather, rinse, repeat weekend. Highs each day around 90. Uh, every day is going to offer up that chance for pop-up showers, thunderstorms, especially late in the day, some of which could contain heavy downpours. Remember when thunder roars to take it indoors. One of the uh, stories we had this morning was uh, about uh, four people getting struck by lightning in Washington, D.C., not too far from uh, the White House. So, you know, lightning is the real deal, folks. And um, so, you know, when you hear that, you know, thunder and lightning go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. So when thunder roars, take it indoors here this weekend. But other than that, you should be okay. Real warm and muggy 
Uh, highs around 90. I've got us at 88 on Tuesday, and then finally middle of next week. I do see things easing back a little bit. In fact, even by uh, this time next week, uh, I think there's a good chance we could be talking about high temperatures only, only in the low 80s. And won't that feel nice? Yes, it indeed will. That is for sure. So with that, again, we appreciate each and every one of you that tune in uh, to It's Raining Mets. And uh, obviously, we'll be with you here throughout the weekend. Uh, keeping you updated on air, online, all of our social media platforms as well. But we appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for listening to another edition of It's Raining Mets.